Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue with our year-long journey, reading the diary of St. Maria Faustina Kowalska from beginning to end. Today, we take up from where we left off, beginning with diary entry number 14. When Mother Superior, the present Mother General, Michael, came out to meet me, she told me, after a short conversation, to go to the Lord of the house and ask whether he would accept me. I understood at once that I was to ask this of the Lord Jesus. With great joy, I went to the chapel and asked Jesus, Lord of this house, do you accept me? This is how one of these sisters told me to put the question to you. Immediately I heard this voice, I do accept, you are in my heart. When I returned from the chapel, Mother Superior asked, first of all, Well, has the Lord accepted you? I answered, Yes. If the Lord has accepted, she said, then I also will accept. This is how I was accepted. However, for many reasons, I still had to remain in the world for more than a year with that pious woman, Aldona Lipshikova, but I did not go back to my own home. At that time, I had to struggle with many difficulties, but God was lavish with his graces. An ever greater longing for God began to take hold of me. The lady, pious as she was, did not understand the happiness of religious life, and in her kind-heartedness began to make other plans for my future life. And yet I sensed that I had a heart so big that nothing would be capable of filling it, so I turned with all the longing of my soul to God. It was during the octave of Corpus Christi, June 25, 1925. God filled my soul with the interior light of a deeper knowledge of Him as supreme goodness and supreme beauty. I came to know how very much God loves me. Eternal is His love for me. It was at Vespers, in simple words which flowed from my heart, I made to God a vow of perpetual chastity, from that moment, I felt a greater intimacy with God, my spouse. From that moment, I set up a little cell in my heart, where I always kept company with Jesus. At last, the time came when the door of the convent was opened to me. It was the 1st of August, 1925, in the evening, the vigil of the feast of Our Lady of the Angels. I felt immensely happy. It seemed to me that I had stepped into the life of paradise. A single prayer was bursting forth from my heart, one of thanksgiving. However, after three weeks, I became aware that there is so very little time here for prayer and of many other things which spoke to my soul in favor of entering a religious community of a stricter observance. This thought took a firm hold in my soul, but the will of God was not in it. Still, the thought, or rather the temptation, was growing stronger and stronger to the point where I decided one day to announce my departure to Mother Superior and definitely to leave the convent. But God arranged the circumstances in such a way that I could not get to the Mother Superior, Michael. I stepped into the little chapel before going to bed, and I asked Jesus for light in this matter. But I received nothing in my soul except a strange unrest, which I did not understand. 
But in spite of everything, I made up my mind to approach Mother Superior the next morning right after Mass and tell her of my decision. I came to my cell. The sisters were already in bed. The lights were out. I entered the cell full of anguish and discontent. I did not know what to do with myself. I threw myself headlong on the ground and began to pray fervently that I might come to know the will of God. There is silence everywhere as in the tabernacle. All the sisters are resting like white hosts enclosed in Jesus' chalice. It is only from my cell that God can hear the moaning of a soul. I did not know that one was not allowed to pray in the cell after nine without permission. After a while, a brightness filled my cell, and on the curtain I saw the very sorrowful face of Jesus. There were open wounds on his face, and large tears were falling on my bedspread. Not knowing what all this meant, I asked Jesus, Jesus, who has hurt you so? And Jesus said to me, It is you who will cause me this pain if you leave this convent. It is to this place that I called you, and nowhere else, and I have prepared many graces for you. I begged pardon of Jesus and immediately changed my decision. The next day was confession day. I related all that had taken place in my soul, and the confessor answered that from this God's will is clear, that I am to remain in this congregation, and that I am not even to think of another religious order. From that moment on, I have always felt happy and content. In this passage, St. Faustina gets accepted to her religious community, but she was not able to enter immediately. Usually the sisters ask some kind of a dowry from those who enter to pay for their habit and other expenses. Since St. Faustina's parents had refused her request, she probably had to work in the world for a while to earn her dowry. This was also a way of testing the firmness of a candidate's vocation. Then she faced her first test once she had entered the congregation. The test was a temptation to leave, to find a more contemplative convent, to find more time for prayer. The evil one knew that he could not tempt Faustina to fall into a mortal sin, so he went in the opposite direction, to make her think that she wasn't doing enough to please God. But Jesus reassures her that he has called her there and nowhere else. The evil one will often tempt us to abandon our vocation, our state in life. The grass always looks greener on the other side of the fence. But we should never make an important life decision when we are in despair. Pray and fervently seek God's will, as St. Faustina did. God will not remain silent forever. He will find a way to let us know the path that he has chosen for us.